forget what I said. I believe you said, look out, fun haters. Sure. To which I added, you're on notice. And why is that, Chris? Why are the fun haters out there on notice today? The faders? Um, I guess because this episode's going to be so much freaking fun. I There aren't going to so. be any sounds of birds chirping or trucks driving past. Well, it's a beautiful spring day out there on Spadina Road. Not to dox myself, but I do live on Spadina Road. Um, and the birds are chirping, Chris. I don't know if you can hear that. I can. I mean, like your toes? Like, you know how people say your dogs are barking when your feet hurt? <laughs> when it's just the toes, your birds are chirping. My birds are chirping. Um, yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on spring? Do you like it or not like it? <laughs> All in all, gotta say I'm pro. I'm pro spring. May versus February in the month. <laughs> we should do a month bracket. We should. A month draft. What? Okay, so here's the question. There are 12 months, famously. Famously. Uh, so, wait. Let me let me try to figure out my math. Here. No, I you're right. That, There's 12. But I believe that means that there would be four months that receive a little burp there. Life's tape that receive first round buys. Buys. I like how we've successfully gotten out of ever having to edit this podcast <laughs> yeah. again, just by saying live to it's tape. Like it's a feature. Now. It's an authentic listening experience. It's like you guys are right in the room with us. I did almost just Google list of months, and I actually am going to do that now. So there are four months that are going to receive first round buys in the month bracket. The first round buys. What are those months? I think December. December for sure. I'm going to go with, I mean, it's tempting to just go like June, July, August, but you want some variety in there. So I'm going to go June, July, October. Interesting. Or maybe, maybe May, July, October. I also like September though. I was just thinking September might be a little underrated, but of course back to school. No one likes that. That's always like... I know it's like famously, oh, back to school, but like you get to see your friends again and stuff. Yeah, must be nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of must be nice, it's another episode of High Floor, Low Ceiling. Welcome to High Floor, Low Ceiling, the sports podcast, and one podcast you're listening to now. What was, what'd you say? I said, I said, and month podcast. Oh, yeah. But a little less enunciated. Do you think that might be the one, like, area that doesn't have a podcast about it already? That might be our, our niche. Right the months there. of the year. The months of the year. Mm. Like, Welcome back to f- February part three, our, our deep dive. <laughs> What's up with the number of days? What is up with the number of days now that I mention it? I don't know. There's got to be some reason. They couldn't just... Because... What? Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to think of how many months have 31 days. Well, 30 days has September, April, June, and November. No. That's All four. Plus February. Is five, so seven have 31. That's right. That's quick math. Um, So, just throw a couple... February's way. What are we doing? Yeah, why don't we lop one off of uh, 
I don't know. December probably needs 31. October, of course, needs 31. It has to. I don't July, think January needs 31. Probably, well, it is the great... first month of the year. Why don't you get started on a good note? Um, so March maybe doesn't need 31. March. Mm-hmm. Give that to February. Okay. So March is bumping back to February. And then... May? Get one more. Ah, uh, but, you know, you don't... You really want May to be over sooner, you know? No, I like May, but it's like, does May feel like a 31-day month, or does it feel like a 30-day month? I mean, if I'm being totally honest, if I were taking a day off May, I'd throw it into June. Ooh. 30 I'm days serious. June. So June gets up to 31. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get up 32nd day. <laughs> well, I don't know. You might really love June. Let's just... Just to close out on month talk, if you're dropping a 32 piece on one month, and it can be a 30 day, it doesn't have to be a plus one. If you're making one month 32 days, what's your pick? It's got to be lucky number seven. It's got to be July. <laughs> I was thinking July as well. This is great. We're, we're <laughs> launching this spin off show. <laughs> we're naturals with this. Um, of course, Griffin, lots going on in the. Uh, La Monde du Sport, as Ooh. the French call it. Uh, is our calendar <laughs> podcast going to be in French? No. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Ah, <laughs> You were right about this one being fun. Um, lots going on, of course. The NBA draft lottery has passed. The... Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Nope. It has passed. <laughs> the Detroit Pistons have passed. Oh. Um, died a painful death. But so I think I'm slowly coming to the realization that I don't really want any team to succeed. Ever? You know? In any, like, at all? Well, like, in the NBA. That's that's valid. Like, San Antonio, of course, winning the draft lottery presumably will be... My number one pick. The selectors of Victor Wembanyama. It's like, really, they were they were kind of tanking. They had like the worst, second worst record, worst record in the West. And it's like Charlotte, no, Portland, no, Houston, no, <laughs> Detroit, no, <laughs> Orlando, no. This Indiana, is what, maybe. This is what we talked about. That like there was not a single like really appealing franchise in the NBA draft lottery this year, uh, but I'm happy with the Spurs. I think that the Spurs brand is cool, and I want to see them do well. That's the analysis that I provided last week in one of our <laughs> first episodes, and I'm bringing it back in one of our first episodes of the week. Right, it was the first episode. Oh. I would argue, um, but. I guess the Spurs are the least bad choice, I guess. I mean, we already talked about this. We don't need to <laughs> relitigate, but it did happen. You have here, how happy is Nick Nurse that he didn't get the Rockets job? That's not really lottery related. I'm just like, now that all of these coaching opportunities have opened oh, up, he sure. could coach the Bucks or the Suns or even the Sixers, although that seems unlikely, given that Joel Embiid apparently hates him for some reason. Um, sure. Uh, uh, I think he would enjoy having Nick Nurse on his side for a change. Probably. Nick Nurse is that classic Brad Marchand type. <laughs> sure. Speaking of... Uh, what were we speaking of? NBA head coach Carousel? Yes. Oh, a really... 
I mean, shout out to Heat fans. The, some of the smartest fans in the league. <laughs> we'll, someone, we'll get to this. <laughs> someone said to me last night, it, this was in like the third quarter of the game, mind you. So like it was still like a single digit game. Right. If the Celtics lose this, they call up Nick Nurse. <laughs> do they do they did they mean game one or the series? <laughs> I believe the series. <laughs> did the Celtics call up Nick You got you know, they're just asking questions, Chris, and I think those are the questions you gotta ask. Just I I responded with a question of my own. If the Heat lose are this you quarter, do they call up James Borrego? <laughs> um, but we'll get to that, of course. Of course, yes. Uh, I have a couple of Eastern Conference takes that I would love your opinion on. Wow, based okay. On, based on your takes last week. But, uh, yeah, Raptors should be throwing how many millions of dollars at Monty Williams, Chris? Monty Williams? I mean... I would say a lot of millions of dollars. Really? You're that I'm you're all, really high on Monty Williams? He's, he's a really good coach, and I don't blame him for the fact that his entire team got traded out from under him for Kevin Durant, who, I mean, obviously they didn't get as far as they wanted to, but with an injured Chris Paul uh, and DeAndre Ayton, just, that's the weird thing. It's like, I don't know what happened between him and DeAndre Ayton, so that gives me a little bit of pause. But I do think to like build a culture with a young team, I think Monty Williams would be perfect for the Raptors. I mean, like, if you look at his, you know, he sort of has a bit of a, I guess it's not that mixed of a track record. Like, I think he did an okay job in New Orleans, right? Uh, I don't really remember, to be honest. <laughs> they, 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 like, made the playoffs in Anthony Davis's what, third season? Was he the coach? Of, was he an assistant or was he the head coach? No, he was the head coach, oh, famously. From 2010 to 2015, he that was seems like a stretch of, of famously New Orleans Horna Pelicans. Well, he was like the, <laughs> the original. Pelicans? He was the first ever coach of the New Orleans Pelicans. Well, that's yet another reason he's a history maker. Uh, and then they replaced him with superstar Alvin Gentry. I was gonna say I I remember Alvin Gentry as the coach of those teams. And then they replaced him with superstar Stan Van Gundy. Alvin Gentry always has a soft spot in my heart because he was one of Mike D'Antoni's assistants mm-hmm. for the 2006-2007 Phoenix Suns, who were featured in my literal favorite book of all time, Seven Seconds or Less, my season on the bench with the running and gun in Phoenix Suns. <laughs> the subtitle by Jack McCallum. By Jack, uh, the legend. He interacted with me on Twitter a few weeks ago. Did you see that? Chris? Hello. I did not see your Twitter interaction with Jack McCollum, no. Because someone said, like, what's your favorite sports book you ever read? To which I immediately replied, seven seconds or less, my, my season. Jack. Did you throw <laughs> on the tag? The, I, of course I threw a tag at, by <laughs> yeah. at Jack McCollum. He deserves to know that his work has been appreciated, and I believe he said something along the lines of it made his day. Hmm. So well, that's I've, terrific. I've got his dream team book on my to read list, but I haven't gotten to it yet. I've read that. It is a quality read. Um, speaking of nothing, uh, <laughs> the Phoenix. <laughs> Welcome to high floor, low ceiling. <laughs> I was. Sometimes you just have to start a segue, and you hope that you can find it along the way. <laughs> hey, sometimes we miss. Hey, uh, Arizona Coyotes Griffin. Not uh, looking good. Looking like their stay in Arizona will be temporary. Oh, Hello. how long have you been sitting on oh, that? Woo, zero seconds. No way. 
I refuse to believe it. That's on a whiteboard in your room somewhere. Dead a dollar do- dollar sign dollar sign. Um, can't cuss on this show. No. Shout out to my mom. Um, <laughs> did she get mad at me for cussing last week? No, she didn't. I believe she texted me to say she or we called for Mother's Day. Oh yes, um, me too. Happy Mother's Day, by the way. Yeah, we didn't really acknowledge that on the pod because I think just like every year, Mother's Day sneaks up on people. I think every, just like every year, Mother's Day is every day. So true. Uh, I before we get into your call, I just want to say shout out to my mom, my sister, and I FaceTimed her. For Mother's Day, uh, she said, all right, well, we're going to go on a hike in about four minutes. We got four minutes of a Mother's Day FaceTime before she was like, all right, see ya. So, hey, that's, a, that's as long as uh, Madonna and Justin Timberlake got. Yeah. Oh, very true. And they had and with, to save the world. With, with much higher stakes, I was going to say. <laughs> what, what, what do you think was happening in mm, that song? What did a, they have to do? That's a great question. Let me quickly check the lyrics for four minutes. Um I'm out of time. You're, by the way, when you mute, it's really audible because your room tone is so <laughs> so potent. There's so many birds. Um, I'm out of time, and all I got is four minutes. Freaky, freaky four minutes, A. Right. Of course, quite famously. So, it seems like if I were to interpret the lyrics here, it would be about boning. To save so, the world. Yeah, maybe it's like sort of ironically, sort of it's it's raising the stakes in a sort of ironic way. Here, I'm going to some information. The song is about saving the environment and having oh. a good time while we are doing it. She said about the song, <laughs> "I don't think it's important to take it too literally." <laughs> oh, I'm glad to hear that, mother. Um, <laughs> is that you talking about Madonna? Well, isn't that what like Madonna means? Um, I guess so. Pre-Madonna. Hey, Marina and the Diamonds, baby. Um, now known mononymously as Marina. That's a real mm. Wikipedia <laughs> turn of phrase. <laughs> that is Wikipedia core. Um, I'm just gonna. I just need now need to check whether Marina Diamantis, I believe her name is, is listed on wikipedia as being known mononymously as marina do you think that justin timberlake remembers that that song four minutes exists and if it does do you think he remembers that he was the one who made it do you think justin timberlake remembers that he made the album man of the woods no (laughs) do you think he remembers that he produced the hit singles supplies and filthy filthy he might remember (laughs) <laughs> what is he, he up to these days besides starring in the trolls movies does he do anything because he's ridiculously talented absolutely we love justin i believe he is working on a new album was i think i had this exact thought recently i watched the social network for the first time probably about a month ago at this point maybe even right. longer but good by george chris he is excellent in the social network he's an excellent actor as you can see in the trolls movies not sure about excellent, but certainly good in that film. Yeah. Um, um, we were talking about the Arizona Coyotes. We were. And I just want to report to you that in May 2023, Timbaland revealed that Justin's upcoming studio album is finished and that they had revived the sound from the future Sex Love Sound era. Wait, May 2023? That's now. 
<laughs> yeah, he said that today. <laughs> He's saying it right now. Yeah, I'm talking to <laughs> we him. We can't stop Timbaland from saying. Uh, um, oh, before I'm, we get into the coyotes, you were going to say something about calling your mom. Yeah, well, first <laughs> I want to say that Marina Lambrini oh, Diamandis, known mononymously as Marina, double parent, not a double parenthetical, unfortunately, but parenthetical often stylized as all caps marina there we go and previously by the stage name marina the diamonds as a welsh singer and songwriter you are sort of a human wikipedia entry so that makes sense that you would have nailed that so precisely that's fairly kind of you to say i meant it as a compliment <laughs> I, mostly I can, I can type the i can type en.wikipedia.org slash wiki slash probably faster than i'm gonna say 99.5 percent of the world wow. maybe higher <laughs> wow and is that something that wikipedia can also do um that's a great question i mean i suppose so right probably is some sort of link trawling uh widget um uh sharon hessen jan yes called her on sunday and she mentioned that she appreciated her shout out well so <laughs> better get used to it sharon <laughs> Because they're coming fast and furious, X. Much like the bonus track on Justin Bieber's Purpose. Get used to it. Wow. <laughs> You're a depth of knowledge. Um, I'm reaching into my bag today. Uh, we're already almost done with the allocated time for intangibles. <laughs> we might be done with the first segment. Um, uh, the Arizona Coyotes, Griffin. Yeah, if you had to move them, Chris, give me two places that you would move them to. Um, well, I keep hearing Houston. That's the I, one I hear as well. And I, I do like that. Um, friend of the podcast, Brenjay, recently... We will not say his real name. <laughs> do you call him Brenjay or do you call him... <laughs> I call him Brenjay. It's true. So what is his real name? Um, I don't remember. He <laughs> mentioned uh, Utah as a possibility, which I also thought was interesting. I heard Certainly, that as uh, well, Salt Lake City. Seems like hockey country, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> I get it. Absolutely. But I think probably either Houston, I think that's just like a cool vibe. Um, I know that this is not possible, but I think resurrecting uh, the Houston Oilers as a name would be a cool concept. I believe the Houston Oilers... The They're a football, football team. Football team. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I did They're have that now right. The uh, Tennessee Titans, I believe. Right, and well, they and so they of course had the Titans color scheme originally, the baby blue, and so I think bringing that sort of powder blue, baby blue, to hockey would be a fun little addition to the color palette. Uh, I'd like to see Atlanta get another shot. I know they need to build a rink, but I don't know. Can't they just stick one in where the Hawks play? Like all of these teams that. Ha- <laughs> All these cities that have NBA teams, I feel like, can have an NHL team for relatively low cost. Uh, so Atlanta would be a good one. Bring back the Thrashers. And I just, I don't know, that's like such a huge city. Yeah. It's it's an interesting situation. It's kind of surprising that, like, that happened. That they kind of, like, came and went. But I guess with the NHL, that is, like, more than any other sports franchise or sports league in the re- in the last like twenty years, they've surely had more relocations. Oh, they have to than yeah. any other team than any other league, right? 
Yeah, I think so, off the top of my head. And there was, like, a lot of just mismanagement that went on with the Thrashers. It wasn't just, like, the city of Atlanta didn't want a hockey team, which is why I want to give them another chance. And also, I mean, I think it's kind of ridiculous that the Coyotes don't just play where the Suns play. Like, it it would be very stupid, I think, for almost any city to have a separate hockey and basketball arena. Yes. I don't know what the logistics are like, I will say. I don't really know anything about it. Yeah, I know. Like, we see... You've seen the videos. It seems like it takes them a couple hours to cross over. How hard could it be? Yeah, we've seen the famous videos. It's true. Um, It's probably pretty hard. Yeah, they're probably pretty talented, the people that do that. And there's probably, like... It's, it is, like, an extra, you know, 40 dates in your arena that you might not have to spare. Mm. But, I mean, they're probably profitable dates, you'd have to imagine. Sure. I guess, also... uh few NFL teams have been moved in the last... That's true. That's seven true. years. Raiders, Rams, Chargers. Mm-hmm. 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 Any, any others? That's it. In this century. All right. And, uh, Chris, now <laughs> it's time for our first segment. Seamless. Seamless. We had a little, little editing. I know we said we were live to tape. There's a little editing in there. Uh, hey, when they, you know, when they do live recordings, when you listen to uh, Chicago live at Red Rocks, I'm just going to quickly Google the band or exists. the musical. That's a great question. I was thinking the band, but when uh, you say Chicago, my mind does go to the musical. I have to be honest. I, I feel like for me, it probably goes to the famous city. Um, well, I, I <laughs> didn't think that you meant the city was live at Red Rocks. Griffin. There is Chicago and Ario Speedwagon <laughs> live at Red Rocks. Two for the price of one. What Two bands that I know are big and famous, but I don't think I could name a single song by either. You don't know 25 or 6 to 4? Maybe. Come on. Um, Chicago, like, crazy huge popular band, like... I'm sure they've sold, like, a billion records. I'm, uh, oh, I know that they're big. Uh, I just have never but Like, Chicago in taken particular, the I think, are, like, super, like, st- <laughs> stunningly big. Speaking of stunningly big, we have a big segment, Griffin. How long have we been going for? Uh, clock says 27, but some of that will be cut out. Absolutely. Uh... <laughs> no, this is just the a playoff. Quick- if anything, this yep. is a continuation of intangibles, Chris. Sure. It's just a little intangibles. A little playoff whip around. Uh, look, hey, let's just lean back. Take a casual. Take a cash. This is just a playoff whip around. It's just some, to... some people whipping. Honestly, we don't even have to put any labels on it. No. This can just be just intangibles be colon. Whip that yoff. Whip that yoff. I like the sound of it. <laughs> And uh, I can't believe we haven't led with this. This is our first time recording since the Leafs lost. Yeah, I mean, I think we already, I feel like we already sort of eulogized yeah. <laughs> the Leafs already. Uh, apologies to Sharon, mute this next five seconds, but Radko Gudis can go fuck himself. Um. <laughs> uh, the funny thing, Griffin, is I, throughout the course of the series... I kind of like came all the way back around, and I'm now like the Leafs probably should have won that series. But I think so. I think they should have like 
I think they played well enough to win both of the first two games, but that's what makes it like sort of inexcusable. Like game three was the one that really sort of. Yeah, and and don't you think that like, awful. at a certain point, maybe this is, is that an ice cream truck? <laughs> no, that is a uh, flatbed. Ah, sure. Um, maybe at a certain point. Is there something that comes into play where you're like, I feel like I hear an ice cream truck. <laughs> oh, that's probably uh, the laundry. Ah, okay, okay. We'll take care of that shortly. Um, but at a certain point, isn't there an element of like, if you're a team that consistently underperforms what like the numbers of your offense and team say you should be performing isn't that like indicative of something in its own right rather than just like you're perpetually unlucky oh totally they they scored two goals in like seven straight games to finish the playoffs or something like two goals is not enough and clearly i mean as soon as austin matthews went in for the handshake line and took off his right glove and we saw the big bandage on his wrist i thought that was going to be a way bigger story as soon as i saw that on my screen and not many people are really talking about the fact that he was clearly injured i know everyone's injured in the playoffs i know it's that's like my least favorite hockey like as much as i have come to dealing with stuff enjoy hockey in the last couple years there are a few like hockey culture things that are just like so eye-rolling yeah and the biggest one is just like uh yeah i was injured i'm not gonna tell you what my injury <laughs> was and but you can assume it's bad because we lost because yeah. you know if i was healthy we would win so uh i <laughs> just had is a, that bad a hockey injury. player voice in your head i just had a bad injury that made us lose uh, <laughs> hockey players famously nerds <laughs> the way they talk little bit a little bit um but yeah at any rate big questions in leafland huge but also maybe feels it feels like as soon as the season actually ended and people got like one or two days away from the series being over especially because i think people had sort of like emotionally (laughs) prepared yeah for the idea that the season was over i think like almost immediately people felt better about sort of maintaining 75% of the status quo than they did when this when the series was going on. I mean, I don't know. I feel like if anything this loss has inspired more anger from the fan base than even in previous years even though they did win a series. Like they went out so meekly. But doesn't that feel like every year? <laughs> I know, but like we just we got the results of the athletic fan survey of Leafs fans just before we came on the air here, and I believe the number was like seven, almost eighty percent said that they should trade one of the core four. I don't think the sentiment has ever like really been like that before. Yeah, I suppose so. But then at the same time, like I don't know. For me, it just feels like there's a certain element of this that it's like this happens every year both both like beginning and end of the season like going into the beginning of the season people sort of have the same outlook that they have at the beginning of every season at the end of the season people kind of have the same outlook that they have at the end of every season 
I don't know. This one does feel different to me. The fact that we still haven't publicly heard from Brendan Shanahan, the fact that uh, Kyle Dubas sort of publicly said he wasn't sure whether or not, like, he had to talk to his family before he could commit to coming back next year. I think this, like, Leafs team is going to come back with a different coach for sure. And I think that they'll probably have traded Mitch Marner, which is a massive freaking change. Like, I, I think that this you, one is You gonna... do really think that that's going to happen? I do. I I think that, like, I mean, Tavares has his no-movement clause, which I think he would be very hesitant to waive, and I don't think they'll bother to ask him to waive. Um, I don't, I'm not saying I would trade Mitch Marner. I don't know what I would do, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but wouldn't you, doesn't it make, kind of make more sense to almost, like, punt this year to some extent? Like, get a new coach, the coach is sort of installing their whatever they want to do with the team. And then the year after, and then like, you know, hypothetically you're re-signing Austin Matthews. And then the next year, John Tavares comes off the books and that like provides you a ton of more freedom. Like if your goal is to sort of rejigger the allocation of the money, surely the, but then he's, he's signed for two more years. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if, like, I don't think you're trading Marner for a bunch of picks and prospects to free up cap space. I think you're trading him for a different star player who also makes a lot of money. Like who? Well, I don't know. That's the thing. Maybe a star defenseman somewhere? But, like, I guess. But I, I mean, I know it's like it's very hard to see them winning a Mitch Marner trade. And everyone talks about how, oh, the Leafs need to make a Kawhi trade or make a Matthew Kachuk trade without, I think, seeming to realize that I think it's far more likely that Mitch Marner is the Kawhi in that. Trade. Right. Right. That's, like, I think that's really the thing. It's like like if I think... he I think he getting out of Toronto, which as much as I I love having Mitch Marner on the Leafs, I do. But. I do wonder if him playing maybe in a slightly quieter market where he doesn't have the pressure to represent his hometown team, he can walk down the street. Uh, like, I wonder if that would be a little better for him and it would free him up to improve on the already, like, phenomenal hockey player that he already is. Yeah, and it's also like, you know, you have the hypothetical idea of, like, the defense needs to get better, the top level of the defense needs to get better, but, like, when you're talking about a star defenseman, usually you're talking about an offensive defenseman. And I don't think that like trading yeah. Mitch Marner for a defensive defenseman is an answer either. Like, No, I don't know. Like, Obviously, we don't know what's out there, what's available. And, I mean, Marner and Matthews both have no-move clauses that kick in on July 1st. So I think if you're going to see anything, it's going to be in the next six weeks before the draft on like June 29th. Uh... But, yeah, like, there are no obvious answers. I just think that more than ever before, like, it seems like the Leafs are prepared. Like, I'm, I think Dubas said it publicly that he would consider it, and, like, I don't think he's ever really admitted that before. Yes, you're right. He has, you know, said that anything is on the table. If he's even here. Basically. If someone else is the GM next year, one of those four players is for sure gone. I think that's probably right. But but the thing is, I think it's probably Nylander. Which I yeah. think is also a mistake. It is, because, like, he only makes... But he's due for an extension, and someone's yeah, going to pay him a, a lot. Yeah, he's a 
six point nine, you have to think that they would struggle to re-sign him. Like the Tavares con, like I mean, like that really is the yeah. I mean, the and story everyone knows the... that's what happens when you sign a guy. What was he like, twenty seven or twenty eight when he signed with the Leafs? Yeah, that you're signing a guy past his sell by date. I mean, I guess like hypothetically. They were thinking, hoping they would have won a Stanley Cup by now. Yeah. And I think they're also hoping, like, I think COVID sort of screwed with their cap calculations and the fact that the salary cap has not gone up because no teams have made profit over those years. Like, that's sure. also been a part of it. I suppose so. I think that really, like, they're, like, but it's also at the same time, nothing was wrong with their roster this year, you know? No, like no. Absolutely I feel like not. This is about as good a shot as they were to have in the many ways. And it still didn't work though. So I think I think step one, I think for sure the coach is gonna be new. Yes. I would be shocked if Sheldon think, Keefe comes back. I think that's right. I mean if Kyle Dubas doesn't come back, I would say there's literally like a point two percent chance that Sheldon Keefe comes back. If Kyle Dubas but does also, come back, maybe it's a five percent chance. Sheldon Keefe did what no other uh Maple Leafs coach has been able to do in the last like 15 years so true and obviously Sheldon Keefe is not a bad coach like he's <sighs> one of the winningest coaches in the league over the last few years but like the fact that every single game the Leafs got outplayed in the first period of the playoffs it felt like he's sort of giving Monty Williams to me I will say <laughs> hey you watch it um anyway we got to whip around the rest of the playoffs here Chris uh the rest of the, the NHL still alive is boring as hell uh, no. I don't think I'm going to watch a single minute of either of these conference finals. <laughs> it is a it is a crazy top four. Uh, and it, I mean, I'm not saying that like it's bad for the game to have four southern markets. I'm fine with that. I just think these four teams are all boring teams. No, don't be I mean, silly. the Knights are kind of fun, and I What's do want the, the Panthers stars? to lose. <laughs> They're not boring. They're good, very good entertaining. Goalie. Good goalie. I like Jason you Robertson. Jason Robertson, Rupe Hintz, Joe Pavelski, like Joe Pavelski scoring like a goal a game. You don't find that exciting? Well, I mean, he got four in one game, so that's inflated, <laughs> inflated. Okay, okay, but like they're, I would imagine. Let me check the statistics here. I would imagine they're one of the highest scoring. Yeah, all right. Teams in fine. the playoffs. The stars are fine. Golden Knights are fine. The West is fun. And you know what? How I, the West I like was the fun, Canes. and also. Oh, sorry. I just had two jokes I wanted to get in quickly. <laughs> oh, all right. I'll, I'll take a step back. They do lead in goals, but they've also played the second most games out of anyone. So mm. hard to say. Um, One, stars are fine. Paris Hilton stars are blind. Okay. Just wanted to draw that. And then also how the West was fun. Right. The Mary Kay Nashley thing. That's a. I thought you were just referencing how the West was won, the famous well, movie. I was, but then like indirectly because there is also a Mary Kate Nashley in their youth movie called How the West Was Fun, which is itself a reference to how the West was won. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Uh, and just to finish our playoff roundup here, Chris. <laughs> playoff whip around. Pardon me. Uh, just got. I believe it's called Intungibles. <laughs> Intungible with just those yaps. Just got some breaking news. Uh, James Harden pushed for Doc Rivers firing, despite the fact that James Harden has said that he's going to be like a free agent and explore his options. So he's like, "I'm not staying, but he should be fired." 
I <laughs> I don't think they needed a lot of pushes. No, that's valid. Uh, yeah, Chris, Jimmy Butler is thriving and James Harden is flopping once again. You basically gave the opposite of those two takes in our last episode. You said that James Harden was a proven clutch playoff performer. Uh, and you said that Jimmy Butler was a bad player. And now, how, how are you feeling? Just wanted to check in. Um, still feel good about my Jimmy Butler take. Um, he's annoying. Uh, <laughs> he's annoying. There's, there's really not much more to it than that. Uh, has nothing to do with his on-court performance. He, Would you find him as annoying if he played for any other franchise? Uh, um, I found him pretty annoying when he played for the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's true. Oh, but that's like, I just find people who like swear that Jimmy Butler is like a top five player in the NBA. Those are the ones who I really find annoying though. Like when he was with the Timberwolves and I just found that whole bench player storyline very annoying. It's one of the most annoying things of all time. And then he's like, somehow this got out and I did a sit down <laughs> interview about it like 20 minutes after it happened. <laughs> I don't know how this happened. Um, Yeah. I mean, certainly the Sixers folded like laundry um, at a terrible game seven. But again, you know who has a terrible record in game sevens? Doc Rivers. Also true. And like Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid and James Harden as well. <laughs> but, but they haven't lost as many. No. Doc Rivers is a it, proven game seven non performer. Like, just sort of, it's gone beyond the level of. He's a bad coach, which I don't think he's a bad coach. He's not a great coach, but he's not a terrible coach. Uh, I, and that was I don't just think he's. Weird that he yeah, I mean, like he's. He's a classic good enough coach. I think that he, if you excise the part of his career where he was playing with like three incredibly professional, incredibly motivated star players, that his record looks a lot worse overall. True. Yeah, and that I think is a good point is that those guys were all three I assume you're talking about the Boston Celtics. I am. The big three. Uh they were all like not out of their primes, but like towards the end. They were like well established veterans. Definitely. And I think that played a big role. They were where James Harden is now, basically. But, you know, it's on the one hand it's James Harden, who I love as an as an excellent player and one of the all time greats, but if you compare James Harden and Kevin Garnett and ask me in a game seven, who's giving you more, (laughs) I think, I think probably we know the answer. Um, And you know, that, that may be just what it is with James Harden. And it's sad to say, because you hate to see such a tremendous player be put in that situation. But um, in every sport, there must be a loser, I guess. That is somewhat famously the case. Uh, speaking of giving you more, we're going to take a quick break, but stick around because we're back to our, I think, our number one forte, Chris. It's calendar-based drafts. <laughs> uh, it's That's a good point. We kind of were always the calendar kids, the title of our podcast. Right. And the title of this episode, I should add. Of course. Um, <laughs> but but it, that's, that's what we're thinking about, that we've always been good at seasonal based uh, content yes we have and we have some coming your way some good old canadian seasonal content when we return on high floor low ceiling 
And we're back. Uh, Chris, we got a long <laughs> weekend coming up. I, I didn't have anything planned beyond and we're back. Absolutely, Griffin. You should you should be the full-time host, I think. I think I'll be more of a commentator. A, I'll be more of an analyst offer. role. Um, I yeah. You can't give up your power. <laughs> You've shifted to, like, fully whispering. You... A little peek behind the curtain. You started this episode sitting up and now shifted into a fully horizontal position. I'm lounging. I'm reclining. I, I was relegated to my bedroom where I do not have a chair. So you got to make do, Chris. This is the sacrifices that we go through to bring the people this podcast. We are the best. I think that's there's no other way to put it. <laughs> Speaking of the best, it's time for our best thing that we do, I think. <laughs> our best thing we could come up with this week is uh, this was, another way to put it, perhaps. No, this was my first choice. I was it's so true. happy was... that we were going to get the opportunity to do this again. It is kind of just like, <laughs> we're really just taking an early swing at uh, some manner of summer activities draft, but I think that but this the is people like, are eager. This is more of one activity in a summer activities draft under a microscope. It's true. I did, I did kind of have to reach for categories. Yeah. <laughs> as the uh, as the draft will reveal itself to uh, to show. But yes, Chris, we have sentence, Victoria Day coming up here in Canada, where we celebrate Her Majesty Queen Victoria, and everything that she did for us as Canadians. The impact of which we still feel today. I believe across the country. I will say, I believe. There. Oh no! It's actually a different day, that uh, Memorial Day, of course, in the United States. Yeah, I know but it's around this time. It is one. So we have Victoria Day coming up this Monday. Memorial Day is the Monday after the 29th. So okay. Shout out to the troops. Yep. Well, is it like specifically the ones who have died? Is that Memorial Day? I think the idea is we are memorializing them to some extent. Yeah. All right. Uh. Yeah. Shout out to the ones who weren't good enough at war. <laughs> so we're cutting out. <laughs> so we're cutting out the thing I said about the working class, <laughs> but you can throw that in. Your That's thing was not about the working class. I um, the words working class came out of my mouth. Uh, that's okay. my favorite Chris Tucker line from Rush Hour. <laughs> I have not seen the film. Um... No, Chris, it's Victoria Day, it's Memorial Day. What do those two things have in common? Early summer barbecues. Cook, cook. Out, out. Uh, so we <laughs> wanted to do a uh, Victoria Day barbecue draft. You guys know how this goes if you are old You sound like Lady Macbeth there. Out, out. Damn spot. Damn spot. Sorry for uh, sorry to Sharon. Get, getting a little intellectual off on the pod. Um... No, yeah. If you're if you're new to high floor, low ceiling, the way this works is Chris and I we go back and forth. We draft athletes or sports figures for different roles, different categories in the Victoria Day Barbecue Draft. Um. Yeah, and if you're not new to high floor, low ceiling, you know you know how fun these are. I'm Absolutely, I will say it. I went. I feel like I went pretty basketball heavy. Uh, I've got some NBA playoffs been on my mind. I've got a good mix, I think. I think I've got a decent mix. But, Griffin, I'm actually going to give you, if you're okay with it, the first overall pick. Because I feel like you 
I feel like we have the same pick, maybe, for the 1-1. One, one, and I want you to be able to have that. Uh, do and we there's go, no ulterior motive here. Do famous. we go in order of this list? Oh, I guess we don't have to. Um, but maybe we should. We can go in order. Oh, well, in that case, I'm happy to let you have the first pick of the first category, Chris. Well, well <laughs> I wasn't trying to do anything. No, do you no, want? But... Is it because you want the first pick for Griller? <laughs> Might be. All right, all right. I'm happy to let you have the first pick. Okay. Well, before we so, get into that, Chris, do you want to do our, our the questions that you have off the top at the start? Or at the well, end? I just I just quickly had any... Do you have any takes on burgers or hot dogs? Uh, uh, yeah, I'd say kiss. Uh, keep it simple, stupid. No need to mm. get crazy. Like, of I course, was... there are some toppings that are good. Lettuce, tomato, ketchup, mustard, relish. Like, that's all you need. You don't need an egg. Yeah. You, you just need, need, like... gold leaf to throw back to our Atlanta Braves burger take. Yeah. You just need lettuce, tomato, and a good hot dog, and that's all you need. On your burger? <laughs> I was having a little fun there. Yeah. Here, I, I do have one hot take. Uh, get the relish out of there. It sucks. Yeah, relish, I, I sort of... When I was a kid, I liked relish, but I can't even think of the last time I put relish on something. Also, this is sort of an extension of that take. Sweet pickles, or basically anything except dill pickles, take a hike. I... Even as like a little aperitif, a little put a bowl out on the table next to the chips of sweet pickles. Why sweet? Why not just have a dill? Why not have a cornichon? Well, the cornichons are great. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> a, a baby dill with a nice snap to it. Oh, get me going. Have you ever tried hey. extreme beans, Chris? What? They are essentially dill pickles in every way, but instead of cucumbers, they are green beans. Whoa. So that's like fascinating. a crunch to them. I, uh, I will have to look into. Girlfriend's father was gifted a jar. Oh, did not like them. Gave them to me. I quite did. Uh, <laughs> I quite did. Steve, Steve Musclo. <laughs> and his... Hey, well, we're throwing shout outs around their parents. Yeah. Never my parents. Though. No. Um, no. I've they shown you both of my parents several times. <laughs> <laughs> In a tall task. <laughs> um, um, and also... Griffin, just quickly, any do you have a preferred warm weather cocktail or other beverage? I mean, I do think it's got to be. There's there's nothing that says summer quite as much as a can of gin smash. Mm, I was thinking in the gin realm as well. Honestly, like just a just a classic gin and juice, like Snoop Dogg once uh, yeah. sang about. Can be yeah, pretty enjoyable. Something yeah. colorful, something fruity. Uh, Careful. Uh, don't want to get canceled this close to Pride. True. Um, we are barreling down on Pride. <laughs> I can't wait for our NBA, for our gay people draft. <laughs> this is a bit we did last... In one of our most popular episodes, we had Clem on for our... Uh, <laughs> we for our first Pride. episode of June. We, we joked about having a Pride draft. I said it was the first time Jason Collins would be a first-round pick. <laughs> For which I think you promptly canceled me. <laughs> oh, you are wrong for that one. Also, probably not. <laughs> is what I will say. Yeah. Shout out to Jason Collins. Um, Griffin, the first category I have here is who will be hosting 
this barbecue, I was being magnanimous and trying to give you the first overall pick here because I think it's a slam dunk, no pun intended. LeBron James is hosting this party. I I did I as, when you said we probably have the same one. I figured that was where you're gonna go. It's not where I'm gonna go, but I'll let you finish. I didn't do any house research, but if you've seen the film House Party, of course, famously, it's about throwing a party at LeBron James's house. Right. Um, obviously, an amazing house. You have to assume. Um, big pool, and also like I think LeBron is the ideal host because. You don't want to spend a ton of one-on-one time with LeBron. Hey, both on the court or <laughs> off it. Um, but, you know, for like if like 30 seconds of LeBron, you hear the anecdote that he is prepared to sort of, like, he'll say something to the effect of, I was saying to Savannah earlier that something, something, something. And, and he'll say that to everyone. Um, and so I think that's the level of interaction you want to have with LeBron James. And also, like, I think LeBron James would be the kind of person who is genuinely appreciative that you made it out to his barbecue. You see, Chris, I think that those are all great takes. I would certainly not be turning down an invite from the king himself anytime soon. But one thing that I think I wanted with my host was I wanted a retired athlete. I wanted someone ah. who doesn't have to worry about... Okay staying in their prime they can cut loose a little have fun and so the person i picked is someone who's recently retired uh well not recently in the last few years Mm -hmm. uh they have an a-list partner they're quickly becoming a member of the a-list themselves recently attended the met gala and we also Mm. know great family man great vibes a former teammate of your pick chris i'm going with Dwayne wade ah as the host for my <laughs> barbecue. I just think, like, wouldn't it be so fun to get to hang out with Dwayne and Gabby for an afternoon? Yeah, presumably you're in Miami. They must own a home in Miami, I have to I imagine. I think they actually recently were forced to move out of Florida in order to keep their children safe. Ah, uh, well. So that's unfortunate, but hopefully it's still a tropical location. <laughs> um, I'm sure they, st- even if they're not in Miami, I'm sure they still have a pretty freaking nice home. Yeah, and, you know, I'm sure that... We he can stop by Miami. Yeah, I'm sure he's he won't never enter Florida again. Um, but yes, okay. So a, a couple of former Miami Heat players. Yeah, a couple of champs. Uh, so that's that's great. I think those are both great picks. Griffin, you have first pick here. I I feel as though you must have a take on this. I do. You know, Chris, Who's, I'm not uh... a big believer in gender roles or anything like that but i did feel like for the griller i wanted a dad i wanted i wanted a dad to be the griller for no other reason than i think the vibes would be great to have this dad hopefully he would bring his son as well chris because i selected one of the most famous sports dad of all time as my griller Hmm. i'm going with ken griffey senior okay to work the grill I like that vibe. I like that vibe. Um, maybe Junior's there. Maybe Junior's helping him out. He's toasting the buns or something. Uh, <laughs> let's hope Junior's toasting his buns in the, what does that at mean? the barbecue. I believe Red short I, shorts. Pro- yeah, yeah. I'm probably going for tanning his butt. That's probably what I'm going for. <laughs> and is that the title of the episode? No, no. It's still the um, calendar, kids. Uh, absolutely. Um, I like the pick, Griffin. I did not have the same uh, slavish devotion to <laughs> societal gender roles that you did. Um, Valid. 
I did I'm not, not proud of it. <laughs> Absolutely. And you shouldn't be. I did not go with a dad. I went with someone who like I I feel like I want to strike the right balance here because there is you want someone who cares about the product. Of course. Because you want some quality uh, meats to be served. Speaking of toasted buns. Um, <laughs> but you also, I think there's a, a bit of a stereotype, speaking of dads, among like the overly intense guy at the grill who is, you know, is very particular, is very sort of exclusionary hands off the grill i'm the grill guy i'm wearing the apron your mic is falling over My on your soft soft bed over. apologies <laughs> um, if that made any noise i don't think it made any significant amount of noise but i'm gonna make a significant amount of noise with my pick oh boy going with someone who has both a not a slavish devotion but a devotion to perfection uh a champion but also i think the kind of chillaxed attitude that would serve her well at a barbecue and with Candace Parker. Candace Parker, I love that pick, Chris. A champion herself, so we know she has that desire in her. She wants... You can't be a champion without being a bit of a perfectionist. Hey, you can't put dogs on the grill unless you have that dog in you first. Which Candace, one of the all-time greats, absolutely does. I love that pick. Uh, next up, Chris, if we're snaking this, I believe you have your pick for three-legged race partner. <laughs> yes, the partner in the famous barbecue three-legged race. Maybe more of a family reunion. Yeah, maybe more camp. of like a Memorial Day vibe. Yeah, a, maybe a, more a Memorial solemn Day than a three-legged race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to support all our three-legged troops. Um, that's bomb specific. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Were you gonna say bomb sniffing dogs? Bomb sniffing dogs that got one of their legs blown off. I'm sorry. Bomb sniffing dogs who were pretty good at it, but not quite good at it. No. Um, no. So, Chris, that... after getting mad at me for going after dead veterans, has gone after They're living. animal They're living veterans. dogs. Animal veterans. Veterinarians, we're like. Um, so, for my three-legged race partner, Griffin, I, I, I went a little outside the box. Not totally outside the box, but... I wanted someone who, I think there are two defining factors, or three defining factors in a three-legged race. Hey, much like the legs. One is height. You don't want someone with too large of a height discrepancy between yourself. One is, like, determination, sort of hustle. That's a factor as well. Yep. And then I think just, like, leg strength. Like, just sort of, like, chugability. Um, like to sort training. of you know like work those pistons. Yeah, uh, I like get all across the line, pick. and you know, presumably with us, if a, with a professional athlete as our partner, we're sort of going to be getting like, dragged here a little bit. Yeah. Um, not unlike us after this episode comes out. <laughs> this might um, be the last one. <laughs> this might be. Uh, so I went with someone who is uh, currently playing in the playoffs, or actually was just eliminated from the playoffs. I'm sorry to say. Oh. Uh, and demonstrates all three of these factors, 
They are 5'10". They are powerful in the leg department and absolutely have shown time and again that they have championship-level hustle, quite frankly. I went with the Seattle Kraken's Yanni Gord. (laughs) An interesting choice. Uh, I think it's it's specific, but also correct. Yes, I think that's a great pick. Hockey players, like the quads are all off the charts. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's a good pick. I love those three factors that you laid out because height was also a big deal for me as well. I'm 5'9". I assume you're 5'10". I'm I'm more in the five eleven range. Nice. Might be pushing the six spot, but wow, look at like you! No, please don't. Um, I'm five nine and proud of it. Uh, and so when googling a list of five nine athletes, boy oh boy, did I have my options, Chris. Serena Williams was one, but I do think that like wow. her That'd legs be, are I mean... so powerful that I would like literally <laughs> never touch the ground. So I couldn't. I didn't think that was optimal, but I do like who I ended up with the five nine. Pint-sized superstar of the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, Mookie Betts, mm. is going to be who I'm running my three-legged race with. Interesting. Certainly uh, a very rangy athlete. You know, he's often uh, covering a lot of ground in the outfield. Yeah, and just like he's also a superstar bowler. Like, I think he's just one of those people who's natural. coordinated at everything he tries. Very graceful movement uh, on the baseball diamond. I, I think he's going to be great. All right, next up is Bartender, and this one yeah. was interesting. Uh, you wanted, I think for a bartender, you want a conversationalist. You want a bit of an everyman, a guy who can chat it up, uh, be beloved, and also just sort of fix you a drink. But there's a very certain aesthetic that I think will be made clear with my pick that I'm going for. I went with Uh-oh. simply one of the greatest baseball players to ever touch a diamond, Chris, Babe Ruth. It's going to be the bartender. Interesting. So it's sort of like a, more of like a speakeasy energy, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Like he's laid back. He's like, hey, buddy, what can I get you? And then he's chatting. Say, he's Mac? like, he's the life of the party. Hey. Everyone wants to go over to the bar because not only could Babe Ruth look you up and down and be like, I know what you want. I know I know what kind of drink you want. Uh, famously, yeah, I he, think, quite he familiar point- with alcohol. Uh, <laughs> sure. He points his bat towards the <laughs> bottle of vodka. <laughs> he's calling every shot. <laughs> Uh, Yay! Calling his shot. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I think that the babe is gonna bring a a nice laid back energy to the bar, which is what I'm going for. Griffin, I think that. I mean, I hate to do this, but I feel like you've made your first mistake here. Oh, have I? I think that the I think that's an excellent choice if we're at a bar if we're staffing a bar. Mm. But I think the issue is that. At a barbecue, a rapport with the bartender is less of an issue. That's you true. Know? Because, like, you know, you have your friends all around you. Like, you're spending time chatting with your friends. You're mainly just sort of passing by to grab a drink and then sort of getting back out into the wider world of, of the event. So I thought that the bartender should be less of a less of a convivial sort, although I think this person is quite... Uh, congenial themselves but you just switch more, the word in between i use two different words i'm not i'll have to look up the definition of convivial yeah let's get a fact check on that of an atmosphere or event friendly lively and enjoyable of a person cheerful and friendly jovial so frankly, there you go I've unlike this bartender i spilled um <laughs> and so 
in my mind, this bartender role needs to be more of a defensive role. They're not, you know, they're not creating the party. They're not the life of the party. They're like preventing the party mistakes. They're not over serving you. They're helping you out. You know, if you spill a drink or something like that, they're sort of like there to clean up the messes. Okay. And so I went with, I believe Cleveland Browns. I don't want to make a mistake here, but Cleveland Browns defensive back Denzel Ward, the only player in the NFL last season to have multiple fumble return touchdowns. Because I'm thinking like, if there's a mistake, if there's something wrong, he is sort of there to scoop it up, and he's turning a big mistake into a touchdown. You turned a you you took a very <laughs> literal uh, a very one to one translation, I would say, between one very specific skill in the football field <laughs> and I... the the job of bartending this Victoria Day barbecue. But I certainly don't hate the pick. Uh, alumni of the Ohio State University, Denzel Ward. Um, one of the best cornerbacks in football, for sure. And you are correct, to Cleveland Brown. Uh, you're not going for the, the big name recognition in this draft, Chris, and I respect that. With all due no. respect to Denzel Ward, a great cornerback, but maybe not one that our audience would be quite as familiar with. Well, all the star players. You know, I want them to be hanging out with me. That's true. That's true. You don't Chatting want them working the party. Chopping it up. You know, I don't want... I don't want to... Who's a star player on it in any given sport? Uh, and I'm going to think of one right now. Um, Mark Messier. <laughs> Mark Messier. <laughs> but can you picture him at a barbecue? What Tell me I'm wrong. What year were you born again? <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, is Vladdy Divock still moving? <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of. Fun fact, shares a birthday with me. Oh, um, that's a bad one. We'll, we'll get into this some other time, Chris. We may have already on the podcast, but I am stacked when it comes to celebrity birthdays. I think we have talked about this, but we can always run that back. People don't remember. Um, next category, Griffin, and I'm sure this segment is not going long already. Nope. But the DJ, uh, who is spinning the tunes at this party. This I was thinking more pick. of... Yes, it is. I'm, I know. Oh, I was okay. getting into it. <laughs> you were speaking as if you were going to ask me who my DJ was. I was introducing the topic. I see. Um, I, I feel like this is less of a, like, standing behind the turntables going all night and more like the person who has been entrusted with the aux cord. Yeah, no, I was going to – I literally almost took DJ out and put aux into the dock. This is fully – this is an outdoor barbecue. Who's on aux? Exactly. Oxdocs.tv. I'm referring, of course, to when – Fox Kids rebranded to Foxbox uh, and had the URL foxbox.tv. You could see Fighting Foodons there. You could see Ultimate Muscle, things of that nature. Um, I Uh went, Griffin, with someone who, speaking of life of the party, this I feel like this person can absolutely be life of the party. And we know for a fact that they know about celebrating and about sort of bringing a certain energy to a celebration I went with Angel Reese Griffin of the oh, LSU Tigers. A uh, great pick. A superstar, certainly someone who knows how to how to celebrate, how to have fun, how to enjoy a victory. Um, and also, I think that she, I believe she led the NCAA in rebounds. So if she were ever to drop a bad track, 
you know she's going to rebound. Yeah, that's good. My worry with Angel Reese, Chris, is that she, by all intents, by all appearances, is a very intense competitor, which obviously you have to be, like we said, to become a champion, which she is, which is great on the basketball court. But is she going to be playing music that's too intense for a casual mm. backyard barbecue? Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's a word. valid. Uh, She's a trash talker. I think that's a valid point, Griffin. Um, is her music going to be in your face? Is it going to be aggressive? I think that she also knows how to sort of suit her game to fit the occasion, though. I think that she has that versatility that you hope for out of a star player. I'm sure she does. That's true. Well, we'll have to see how she shows up on game day. We'll see. Uh, it's a big. It's a big situation <laughs> for Angel Reese. Uh, I also was approaching it as an Onox person, and this was biased by the fact that I was listening to an interview with her just earlier today, Chris. Hmm. But just the way that she came across when I was listening to this person being interviewed was as someone who was exactly who you would want on Ox. They, I think that her and I would have very similar tastes when it comes to like the music that you play at a party. You want stuff that people recognize, but it doesn't take over. You want fun, upbeat music, but not stuff that's too intense. Like basically just like Lizzo vibes. Sort of, mm-hmm. I think is exactly mm-hmm. what we're looking for, and I think this person gets that and gets me. Uh, I'm going with Canadian sporting hero Sarah Nurse. Mm. Uh, I like that. Certainly, I think also a that. champion. So she's going to bring that championship intensity. I don't <laughs> think we can escape that when we're picking athletes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think just like I'm just imagining her at a barbecue, and that, I think that sounds like a great time. Oh, she um, would be like the most popular person there for sure. Like just a very a, a natural charisma to her. Definitely seems like a fun-loving person. Um, just very cool in general. Yeah. Um, I think I think you're probably right, Griffin. I think she would be one of the most enjoyable people to to cut to cut the cut chop the cheese with at the event. <laughs> you, you've come up with a lot of fun ways to say talk to you today. Um, and Chris, this brings us to beverage pong partner. Now this yeah, was don't... an interesting one. We don't advocate alcohol here. No. Speaking of, uh, Bevy or Bevies, when's that coming back? It's a fair question. Um, I think that you sort of drain all the joy (laughs) of podcasting out of my life, and so it's hard for me to sort of do two of these in a week. Well, I I do. I am a taskmaster. Just (laughs) constantly cracking the whip. You're always making me go tape to tape instead of live to tape. Yes. Hey. Um, great for a hockey player, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so beverage pong is an interesting one, Chris. It requires, obviously it's a target sport. Totally. It requires a good wrist motion. You're throwing the ball Uh-oh. with your wrist. <laughs> and now you see why I offered you the second the first overall pick at host. I wasn't playing for Griller. I knew you weren't taking Ken Griffey Sr. I was playing down the list, Chris. The most hotly want the Victor Wembanyama plus Connor Bedard of this draft. I am going with 17-time World Dart Champion, 40-time World Major Dart Champion. I've forgotten the numbers, but I think it's around there. Simply the greatest player to ever touch a dart. The single greatest man to ever walk into a bar, maybe? 
you gotta wonder it's the one and only phil taylor folks he's joining team griffin and i don't think we're losing a single game of beverage pong in in my life maybe or phil's life he's much older than me sure hopefully he'll (laughs) die before you you're right um (laughs) that's a great pick griffin then we'll have a real memorial day <laughs> the one thing that does concern me, Griffin, there's no is concern. There, you can't poke it, a hole in this. There's one I must poke a hole, much like Phil Taylor throwing a dart through a, a red solo cup. I must poke a hole. <laughs> he doesn't know that it's ping pong balls. He's just throwing darts. The thing is, Griffin, think about where where is a dartboard when you're playing darts. It's at eye level. That's true. It's at eye level, and you're throwing straight. Well, I think an arc. that sh- there's a bit of an arc for sure. Um, but I think that this playing beverage pong absolutely necessitates a basketball player because they are the athletes of the arc of the arc shot. I think Phil can translate his skills. I, don't I'm you sure think? he can. I th- I'm sure he can. But I that if I were to poke a hole in a great selection. That's where I would go. It's valid. I went. It's valid. I kept it simple, much like your famous burgers. Uh, I went with the best, and you know, I know what you're thinking, Steph Curry. But the thing about Steph Curry is he is all about like shooting on the run, pulling up to shoot. He is he. We need like a standstill, knockdown shooter, a free throw shooter. Sure. Or just a great three-point shooter. A free-throw shooter would have been a good idea as well. For famously, <laughs> Stephen Curry, a bad free-throw shooter. Um, but I went with simply the best three-point shooter in the NBA. Makes the highest percentage of his three-point shots, Luke Kennard. Another superstar jumps off the board. <laughs> uh, Luke Kennard is there. Um, I do wonder if he's going to be and a little like, bit of a drain on the party. He doesn't seem like the most high energy guy oh, in the world come on and also just like look at luke Kennard, like look I'm, at his I'm face him perfectly and tell me he you can't imagine him playing beer pong oh. <laughs> beverage pong excuse oh, me he absolutely can i when you said ba- basketball player my mind immediately jumped to two canadian basketball legends and two of the greatest free throw shooters of all time steve nash steve and jose, nash and calderon. jose calderon. calderon that's who <laughs> that's how i thought you were going uh, I was just talking with my girlfriend yesterday about Jose Calderon's 98.1% season. Um, what a special year. Yeah, that was um, really... Don't you miss when watching the Raptors? was like, that was the only reason you would tune in to be <laughs> probably, like, I really hope Jose doesn't miss a free throw, doesn't it? <laughs> probably the best season in Raptors history, if I had to say. Um, uh, two great selections, Griffin. We just have one category left that you threw on at the last minute. Uh, well, it's and- a staple of Victoria Day. It is a staple, absolutely. I'm I don't just know if it's a Memorial Day thing. I think it probably is. Seems offensive. <laughs> Rockets, red glare, etc. Um, fireworks. You just have fireworks written. Yeah, so this is what athlete do you think would put on, like, you, they're going into Kaboom. They're, they're thinking, designing I want this show. and this. This is, like, what would be good. Uh, I like it, Griffin. The thing is, I want to stay frugal here because i want you know i've already spent money on this open bar we apparently have well, isn't i isn't that lebron footing that it's a He's fair the point host. but you know i'm the party planner um we've got the finest uh kobe r.i.p 
uh, beef Memorial Day. patties. <laughs> yeah, that is your Memorial Day. Hey, oh. they don't call it made too far for nothing. <laughs> I take an opportunity to honor Kobe Bryant any chance I get. I went with someone who can save me a little money in this regard. He doesn't need to go to Kaboom because it seems like Griffin... Wherever Rudy Gobert goes, there's going to be fireworks. Oh, hey I like that, Chris. I was thinking along the same lines with my pick. Also, Rudy, you know he's going to be safe because he can light the fireworks from very far away. Got the long wingspan. I, of course, went with Jason Pierre-Paul to light my fireworks. <laughs> no, Jesus. kidding. Of course. Uh, shout out to him for still having an NBA career after, or NFL career. Did not have an NBA career. So don't, no shout out to him for that. But, uh... NFL career was great, even afterwards. Um, no, I went with someone who also, I think, ignites explosions. She's bombastic, Chris. She's She incites, like, stupid controversy, as in she doesn't, like, really do much wrong, but then people make controversy out of it. Katy uh, Perry. She did the song. That would have been a great pick. Has Katy Perry ever played a sport? Because that would be a great uh, loophole. No, I went well, with... Well, she famously Swish Swish. Another one in the another basket. Another in the basket. My pick is Katy Perry. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> no, I went with someone who really just, I think, embodies the energy of a firework. And I, I think just, that makes it... She, going she, can, can. she can have a great firework show. And also, when she lights that fuse, you know she can get out of there in a hurry. I went with Shikari Richardson. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> the track star. Yeah, for sure. Um, you seem skeptical. I Just to... Uh, if I were on Wikipedia, I would throw the dubious tag on that. You don't think Shikari Richardson knows how to entertain the masses? Sure. <laughs> See, I guess they're all... I guess all of these are a little tenuous, <laughs> but that one, for whatever reason, feels particularly tenuous. You went with Rudy Gobert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that... Uh, yeah, we gotta get out of here. That completes our draft. Let's run them down quickly. I have my host, LeBron James. Candace Parker's working the grill. Yanni Gord is going to be my three-legged race <laughs> partner. Denzel Ward is tending bar. Angel Reese will have the ox cord. Luke Kennard is teaming up with me in Beverage Pong. And Rudy Gobert is bringing the fireworks as he likes to do in his freaking NBA teams. Oh. Uh, my host, you're all invited over to Dwayne Wade's house uh, for some lovely hot dogs and hamburgers grilled by Ken Griffey Sr., <laughs> After that, we'll all participate in a three-legged race in which you will lose to me and my partner, Mookie Betts. But you can console yourself with a drink from my bartender, Babe Ruth, or you can go hang out with Denzel Ward at Chris's bar if you if you want to turn down an opportunity to hang with Babe Ruth. Uh, while you're enjoying that drink, you'll listen to some great tunes provided to us by Sarah Nurse. And then maybe we'll turn it into a game if the music gets pumping, And but you'll unfortunately lose to me again because I'll be partnered up with the legendary Phil Taylor and after the sun goes down, we can all enjoy some fireworks lit by the uh, incomparable, incomparable, great one, Shikari Richardson, the wickedly talented uh. <laughs> Sharaki Ronaldson. Oh, it's John Travolta. It's not me. I it's know, Travolta. I, I know. <laughs> you guys can't get mad at me for that. <laughs> yeah, John Travolta said that. Thank you all for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, do what you have to do. 
HFLC Podcast on Twitter, Griffin Porter 97, C House and Gin on Twitter. We gotta get out of here. We got anything to add? Uh, this was a blast. Thanks for listening, guys. 81 Absolutely. minutes. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it might have been a mistake to do this. Uh, Lots of love. We see you again. Please keep your floors high and your seats.